Are you a parent who is struggling to navigate between helping your kids find independence and making sure they learn responsibility? I want to be talking a little bit about this today as we come into a new year and a lot of parents are struggling to navigate the tension during the teen years. If that's you or someone you know, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. I'm glad you guys are here today and that you've joined me right here at the intersection of faith and culture. My name is Heidi St. John, and this is the Off the Bench podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying the Christmas season. I know for many of you, we talk about, hey, this is the most wonderful time of the year, but the truth is everybody's really busy. And I was just talking to some of my staffers here about what it means to be Um, intentional in relationship with our children this time of year with all of the pressures, the Christmas cantatas, the cookie baking, you know, 400 Christmas letters and all the things. Speaking though of Christmas letters, I have to tell you guys, I am loving getting your Christmas cards in the mail. Our staff really loves it. Uh, Those are going up on the wall around here and people are really being blessed by it. So keep those coming. You can write to me, Heidi St. John, Care Firmly Planted Family at 14001. Southeast First Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98684. If you guys are interested in finding out what we're doing to encourage families, uh, you can go to firmlyplantedfamily.org. I hope you guys will check that out and get 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 ready because for this next year, we are going to be studying right out of the bat uh, the book of Esther. And if you are a woman or a teenager or teenage woman listening to this, we would love to have you join us. You can do that at Faith That Speaks. I was asked recently about why the title Faith That Speaks, and really it's sort of the, the, uh, the journey that I've been on as a mother and as a wife and as a, someone who loves the Lord. And I think for every season of life, we do things that are different. And I am no longer in a season of just raising a little ones at home. Now I've got grandchildren and most of my kids are grown. And as I have moved into different seasons of my life. The Lord has really impressed different uh, areas of focus for me as well. And several years ago, I started thinking, you know, what would happen in the United States and even around the world if our faith wasn't a silent faith? What would happen if our faith spoke? And what would happen if our faith found its voice, if our faith became a faith that would speak? And I think that God would have us do that. And so Faith That Speaks is a community of women and young women and older women that are committed to learning the word of God so that our faith can be a faith that speaks, so that God can use us wherever he calls us. And so I like to ask mothers, you know, if your faith found its voice, where would God take you? If your faith found its feet, where would where would you go? What would God have you say? And I say, I think these are the questions that we need to ask. And so I hope you guys will join us as we kick off 2024 with the study in the book of Esther. It is really an epic story for an epic time in human history. And I think historians are going to look back on this time and they're going to agree that this was a pivotal time in the course of human events. And we're going to see where God takes us. You know, are we going to rise to the challenges that are out there in the culture right now, or are we going to shrink back from them? And are we going to remain silent? And so this is a great study and hope you guys will join me for it. I got a, a, a question. We get these questions all the time actually here at the show uh, from parents, especially as they begin to navigate the teen years and the things that, uh, that, that can kind of trip us up as parents. You know, do we hang on really tight? Do we let our kids go? When do we give them 
uh, freedom, when do we pull that freedom back? And so I wanted to sort of talk about it today and help you navigate it. Not that I have done it perfectly because certainly I haven't. And if I could go back and re-shepherd my teenage kids, there are definitely some things that I would do differently. But the main thing that Jay and I focused on uh, I would stay, I would, I would keep the main thing. And that is we want to focus on the hearts of our kids. And, uh, we know because the world is so, um, bent right now on injuring our children and, uh, lying to them that the job of parents is difficult. And in 2017, when I released becoming mom strong, how to fight with all that's in you for your family and your faith, I mentioned then to the publishers uh, of that book that I believe that this generation of parents is facing very, very difficult challenges. I think even more difficult than they were 25, 30, 40, 50 years ago, uh, largely because of the advent of the internet. And uh, I had a, a question come in to me from a mom, and she said that she was wondering about a homeschool teen participating in public school to play sports. Is it worth the risk of influence they will encounter? And this is where your need for wisdom and God's offer to give you wisdom is going to come into play. Every one of our kids is different. I am not uh, anti-kids playing in sports leagues. I'm certainly not anti-having a homeschool kid participate on a homeschool sports team or, or a public school sports team, rather, for that matter. But I would say you need to know your kids. You need to know who your kids are hanging out with. You need to know the personality of your child. Is your child a follower or are they a leader? And this is true whether you homeschool your kids or whether they're in the, the public school system or if they're in a private school, parents are are responsible for who our kids are hanging out with. And so uh, the next situation that came up, similar thing, a daughter was able to work at 14, seemed like a productive activity for this kid who needed that kind of an activity, but she was surrounded by cultural worldviews and she wasn't grounded enough to stand up against it. Um, I want to take you to uh, 1 Corinthians 5.11 for just a minute because it admonishes us not to associate with people who have ungodly character. In fact, this is the Apostle Paul, I remember writing to a church that was steeped in sexual sin in particular. And I think this is true of our culture right now. Certainly it's true in the church. And it says, but I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater, a slanderer, a drunkard, or a swindler. Do not even eat with such people. The most important part about this verse is this little little part of the of the passage where he says who claims to be a brother or sister. So this is this is the most important part about this passage because I think this is where we really get mixed up, right? So you've got somebody who claims to be a Christian and they and they are telling your child, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a good influence on on your kid. You feel good about it." And it turns out that they're just claiming to be a Christian. They're not really a Christian. I frankly think these people are far more dangerous than people who just say, "I don't believe in God. I'm not a Christian. Uh, where would you like to smoke a joint?" right? The other side of this is the the child who it was kind of lulled into a false sense of security because they think that the person who is giving them counsel is a believer when in fact they're not. And this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. He's like, don't associate with anyone like this. Someone who's sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater, a slander, a drunkard or a swindler, do not even eat with such people. Why? Because we know, and the Bible teaches this is true, that a companion of fools suffers harm. 
And so we need to know uh, when our kids come into these situations that the influences around them are good influences. So this is true if you're putting your kid on a public school basketball team, for example, and that child has always been homeschooled. I think it has a lot to do with the personality of the child, the strength of their conviction and their walk with the Lord, and who are they going to be around during those practice times. So there's tension, and you guys have heard me say this before, if you've ever heard me speak in person. I love to talk about Psalm 127 that says that our kids are like arrows in the hands of their warrior parents. Well, what happens, mom and dad, when you take the arrow out of the quiver on your back and you load it into that bow and you pull back on the string, what do we feel? We feel tension. And if you've got a teenager in your home right now, that's exactly why you're getting ready to launch that child out into the world. And so we want our kids to feel the tension, not in a way of you're keeping them from having access to activities or access to a phone, for example, those kinds of things, but the tension that comes as you draw that child close to your heart and you and you have more conversations, not less, and you're more engaged in what they're doing, not less, and you're more interested in their social life, not less, right? I think that the world says we give our kids more freedom and more freedom and more freedom, and then we finally just let them go. But we know that real life doesn't work that way. If you were to do that with an arrow, give it more and more and more slack, and then finally just let it go, that arrow's not going anywhere. The Bible's teaching on parenting is absolutely contrary to the word. And your friends, your kids are going to make friends at every stage of life. And as parents, you don't want to miss out on this process. So whether that's the kids at work or whether that's the kids at school or whether that's kids at their homeschool co-op, you must include yourself in their friend selecting process, either, either directly or indirectly. Uh, the Bible says a companion of fools suffers harm, that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. The Bible teaches over and over and over again about the importance of having good friendships in the lives of your kids. So once you have decided that this is not a good group that you want your your son or daughter hanging out with, once you have decided, and I would be, I mean, I am I am very careful, and we, Jay and I have always been careful about who our kids have associated with, who their friends are, and that really is our job, right? Bad company corrupts good character. A companion of fool suffers harm. We want to know who our kids are hanging out with. If you feel like your child's not ready for an influence that would pull them away from what you knew was right then you need to sit down with that child and say, I'm really sorry. This is what your dad and I think. Or maybe you don't even start out by saying, I'm really sorry. Maybe that's a bad idea. Maybe you sit down with them and you say, hey, we want your dad and I want to talk to you about this group of friends, or we want to talk to you about an opportunity that's coming up. Assess the situation, mom and dad. This is your responsibility. Your job right now is not to be best friends with your kids. That will come later. Your job right now is to get them to adulthood with as little regret as possible and with a full understanding of how loved they are by their creator, God. And once you realize that that uh, your child is in a situation that's not good for them, maybe it's because they, they lack discernment. This is an awesome opportunity for you to talk to your kids about their friendships. If 1 Corinthians 5.11 admonishes us not to associate with people who are ungodly or who have un, un-Christ-like character, then we must observe the kind of friends that our children make and be close and friendly with our kids' 
friends. And I think for parents, especially who are older and might be tired, or you just think, oh, good, you know, so-and-so just got invited to a sleepover or, you know, they're going to go to the mall with their friends. Now they're gone for five hours and I get a break. Eventually that kind of attitude will come back to bite you as the parent. We are living in troubling times, and I believe that our kids need a solid moral foundation that starts at home. Kids need their parents and grandparents to be their source for truth in these confusing times. And with a little intentionality, you can make a huge difference in the lives of the little ones God has placed in your life. Brave Books can help, and it's a perfect gift going into Christmas. The books included in their family subscription will bring your whole family together. You'll get a new book delivered every month that teaches the important topics of critical race theory, the Second Amendment, and family. The books come with corresponding family activities and lessons that your family can use as a theme throughout your home all month long. Brave books are books your kids will love, and you'll be happy to read them over and over, which is exactly what happens with kids when they love the books you're reading. Go to bravebooks.com right now and use the code HEIDI for 20% off your Brave Books family subscription. That's bravebooks.com coupon code ID. So um, I, I always encourage parents, get as close to your kids as you possibly can. Love on your kids as much as you can. And you don't want to be creepy and, and, uh, and dogmatic. You want to ask open-ended questions of your kids that invite them into relationship with you. You want to hear how they think about things. What do you think about this? Tell me about that. Uh, a friend of ours a long time ago said uh, that he, when he would have conversations with his kids, especially if they got to be, you know, 17, 18 years old, they would make a decision and it clearly wasn't a good decision. And his dad would say, well, how's that working for you? And it's an open-ended question, right? We want to ask those kinds of probing questions for your friends, but you've got to address these concerns with your kids. At the end of the day, the responsibility for training up children belongs to parents and you want to lead by example. So you want to be uh, the person that your child can come to. We want to be the people that we say that we are. And so your kids, if you're a hypocrite mom and dad, promise you your kids can see it. And it's important for us to be the people that we want our kids to be. We can't pass on what we don't possess. It's also really important to know that every one of our kids is different. And so it might've been okay for your 16 year old, your first 16 year old to go ahead and get that job at Taco Bell, but your second child coming up when they turn 16, they're not ready either because they don't have the spiritual maturity or the emotional maturity to take that kind of a job on. And that's your job as a parent to be able to sit down with that child and say why you've made the decision that you've made. And so to me, it's really important that we give our kids opportunities. We want to expose them to as many things as we can, but don't take your hands off the steering wheel until your children have become adults. It's very easy, I think, for us to get tired and to sort of, uh, and to sort of, you know, sort of give up. Or the other side of that is we become overprotective and we never let our kids fail. If your children are going to fail, mom and dad, you want them to fail in your home. You want them to fail surrounded by loving leadership. You want them to fail surrounded by people who are going to help them get back on their feet. I also think it's really important to point out that one of the best defenses that you can give your children against making poor friendships or against peer pressure, any of those things, is to help them have a sense of their own worth. Their worth comes from the Lord. Uh, the worth of our kids should never be found in the things that they do. It is simply in the fact that they are children of God. And I love my kids because they're my kids. 
full stop, end of story. I want my kids to know that they are loved and have good self-esteem because a lack of good self-esteem is only going to make them succumb to negative peer pressure influences. And we've all seen that in our lives and we don't want that for our kids. So hang in there with your kids, mom and dad, be there for them. You want to be there for them from uh, the time that they, the Lord brings them into your home until the time that he calls them to move out and to, and to embark on a life uh, on their on their adult lives. And so we want to be there with our kids f- through the good, through the bad, through the ugly, through the, the ups and the downs. Raising kids in this environment uh, is no joke. But I'm telling you what, the benefit will outweigh any kind of a struggle that you're having right now if you'll hang in there with your kids. Remember I told you guys last week that that verse in Proverbs that says, train up a child in the way he should go is not a promise It is a proverb. It is generally true. And there are principles that go along with that, like shepherding your children and helping them make wise decisions, like recognizing, oh, hey, wow, you can't actually work at Taco Bell right now because you're not ready. And then having your child quit that job that they're not ready for. Or maybe you're you're trying to urge your, your child who you see needs the experience to play on that high school football team. Try out for the team. And it's a, it becomes a character building experience, but the only people that are really qualified to make those decisions, the best are you, mom and dad, the parents, you guys are the ones that God has put in the front lines and in the front seat of raising these children. As parents, we want to work really hard to raise our kids to understand their worth before the father and to find their place in this world, to teach them the word of God and instill the discipline of God in their lives when they're young. Proverbs 2 verse 6 says, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And that's the truth. So be on guard, pay attention to anything that seems out of sorts in the life of your child. Don't be afraid to talk to them about their struggles. Say, hey, I am here for you. I want to hear what's going on in your life. And then you are the one who helps them navigate these years and makes those wise decisions. Hopefully, if we've done our jobs right, we will get our children right to the jumping off place of adulthood. And as we watch them make that leap out into the next season of their life, we can look back without regret. It doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes, but we look back and we go, I didn't lose that entire season with my children. I stayed in there. When I was wrong, I apologized. When I was uh, when I was convicted about something, I pulled my children aside and I said, hey, I really want to talk to you about this. I have concerns. Foster those relationships with your children now and they will pay dividends into the future, not only for you, but for your grandchildren. Remember, at the end of the day, you guys, you are raising parents for your grandchildren. That's all I've got time for today. I would love to hear from you. And I'm going to put a poll up at Spotify today. We'd love for you guys to take it. I want to know if the teen years have been more challenging than you thought that they would be, if they've been less challenging, we'll put those questions up for you at Spotify and you can hop on over there and participate in that poll. If you'd like to reach out to me directly, you know how to do it, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. HeidiStJohn.com is the place to go to tell us who you guys would like to hear uh, at the show. I'm really excited to have some new friends coming on the show with me in just a couple of days. And in fact, Jim Ramos from the Men in the Arena podcast is going to be joining me. You guys are going to love hearing what he has to say. There are really wonderful people doing God's work out in the culture right now. And I hope you guys will join us. Get off the bench, get onto the battlefield, and I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.